Causing the Effect, a podcast focused on the exploration of your mind, body, and spirit. Christy McCaffrey, I'm going to bring this up. The first thing that that kind of popped out to me on your um, little bio and, and the work that you did was you've part of your process of the, the situation you went through was unraveling the complicated layers of pain and discovering a more authentic space within yourself. What did you mean by that? And give me just more on that whole process, because that really hit me hard with, with that statement. Yeah, so. I really was speaking to the fact that in 2009, I lost my mom to a rare autoimmune disease called scleroderma. And she was diagnosed in April of 2009. And five months later, she died. So it was like this whirlwind of an experience uh, for our family. And we didn't even know what the disease was. And it just was like a really traumatic experience. Uh, and for me personally, it was really traumatic because my mom and I were really close uh, I had walked through the whole process of her illness, even though it wasn't very long, but it was, like I said, very intense with her. Um, and so when she died, I kind of was just left reeling in grief and pain and disbelief. And so I, you know, I slowly started to find my way through it uh, using yoga and meditation were like really big tools that I used to process my grief. And in that process and leaning on those particular tools, I came to this understanding of the fact that there were beyond just my mom's situation and the pain that was associated with that, that I had accumulated a lot of layers of pain uh, throughout my life. And, and I kind of have come to understand that I think all of us have, uh, you know, just like these little traumas throughout our life. Uh, even things that may not seem like a big deal to anybody else, but you internalize them as being traumatic, that they kind of layered on top of each other. And so as I was working through the grief aspect, I started to unearth all these other layers of pain that were there too. Uh, and it kind of sent me on this wild personal growth journey where I, I just made the decision once I kind of saw it for what it was that I wanted to heal as much as I could, not just the loss of my mom. I wanted to heal myself like to the core as best I could. Cause the more healing that I did, the more freer I felt. Uh, and so it kind of just kept me wanting to come back for more and wanting to dig deeper and, and unearth as much of like my uh, true authentic self as I could. So that's, I hope that answered your question, but that's that really what I meant by it. That did perfectly. And, and I would say my situation, it's, it's just hitting a chord with me because um, I've always clung to like a, a father figure because I never had when my father entered the witness protection program. When I was six disappeared. So I grew up with my, my uncle, who was like my my rock and sort of like my father. When I was 23, he got diagnosed with brain cancer, was gone within three to four months. Similar to you. Oh, I did so not. Sorry. No, it's, it's, it's funny because I think that started something that I didn't realize at that point. Cause you probably went, you went to the good, the good side. I, I took the destructive path of like, it's I'm 24. I have money. I'm going to go and just do the hedonistic pleasure thing. And, um, I got to where you were just, just by blowing through a ton of money and drugs. So it's a, it's a different, different path. But, um, I quickly realized like the things that 
give you that quick pleasure and the things that you kind of do for cloud or this whole thing. I, I started realizing I'm living off of like what the culture says is cool and what things I didn't even really, I was like, why am I doing this? And you're sitting there on Sunday nights, like crying, like, why am I doing this? And then you go back and do it again. And part of it was a stressful job. I'm in a hedge fund doing all that. So I'd, I would just work 80 hours a week. Fridays would come party, 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 and then cry Sunday and then repeat. I was like, it was like thinking about it. It was like a psychosis almost. And then um, my cousin gave me a book called mindfulness in plain English that started me, you know, on this path of becoming the most authentic version of yourself. And everybody listening, thank you for joining us. This is Christy McCaffrey, um, podcaster, creator, speaker, a little bit of everything. Um, I listen to Be The Good Podcast, which is um, yours. And then you also have the one that you co-created, correct? Called Wisdom Work with Krista? Yes. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. cool, cool. So through this authentic version and searching for yourself, like what was the hardest part and what was the most fulfilling part? So two, two ends to that. What was the hardest part of getting through? And then what was the, the most fulfilling part? Great question. And I, I just want to piggyback onto what you just said, because exactly what you explained, I had actually been doing that before my mom died. I was on this loop of like Me too. Me too. going out, partying with your friends and crying yourself to sleep on Sunday nights. Right. And you had like mm -hmm. these high levels of anxiety. And I think that that was in retrospect, I can see that was like my true self kind of waving this red flag, like something's not right, you know, mm -hmm. and you're, you're numbing or you're, you're just avoiding, uh, you're looking to all these outside things to give you this deep fulfillment. That is what you're really yearning for, but you're not going to get it through that. Right. And so I, I say, luckily for me, actually, it was my mom's death that caused me to like all that stuff to just blow up in my face in a good way. And I would say the hardest part for me was acknowledging and really owning the fact that I had been untrue to myself for a really long time in that sense, like that I had put a lot more pressure or I put a lot of pressure on myself and a lot more importance on, I say this in some of my talks, I call it the VOO, the voice of others, that head, that voice in your head, that's actually not really yours, but you, it's like these conditioned responses because you're either afraid of what the world around you is going to think, or, you know, if you act any different where you, if you are truly authentic to yourself, well, but that that's not going to really fit, you know? So how do I be here and fit? Um, so the hardest part for me was acknowledging that I had done that for a really long time, that I had been turned my back on my true self too many times and instead uh, given power to the voice of others and to the world around me uh, put too much, importance on that. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was deeply painful for me to acknowledge that. Cause you just kind of feel like, Whoa, I, like I sold myself out for a really long time. And I didn't mean to, and I didn't know I was doing it. So that became a part of the healing process was like forgiving myself for doing that and acknowledging that like we're cultured in a lot of ways to just act certain ways, you know, that are sometimes really untrue to ourselves, but the best part of it was the freedom that started to come in the healing process. So with like each tough aspect of coming to terms with like the parts of myself that I didn't necessarily like, or the ways that I was acting that I didn't necessarily, I wasn't proud of, um, like that loop of, you know, going out crazy with your friends and then struggling with depression and anxiety through the week and not knowing why, mm -hmm. just kind of coming to terms with all of that. But the more that I, took it on and then started to kind of undo the uh, habits that weren't healthy or weren't serving me this, there was just this like freedom, this like 
inner peace, I would say, that I was starting to tap into. And I started to realize like, oh, that's what I've wanted all along. All along, that's what I've been looking for. And so once I started to taste it, like I'd say that was the absolute best part of working through the pain. And it it remains that way today. Um, On my podcast, Wisdom Work with Krista, we, Krista and Christy, it's called Wisdom Work with Krista and Christy. Krista and I basically have been friends since we were younger. Um, She grew up here on the East Coast near Philly, where we, where I live now. She's on the West Coast and has been for like the past 10 years. And her and I just always have gotten into these really deep personal growth conversations uh, and really supported each other through that. And that is something that we talk a lot about is that when you do the work on yourself, the inner work, there is just so much inner peace to be found and so much joy that you can unearth within yourself. But the, the tough part is you have to do the work and you have to really commit to yourself to, to heal whatever it is that that's coming up for you and to just acknowledge it. Exactly. Well said. And, and I've had, um, there's a lot, I would say that there's more young guys listening to this stuff than I, I would have expected, but they, they try to ask me like, what does that mean? Freedom? Like, what do you mean? You don't get it. You have money. And the, the best way I could describe this is for me, like the other attributes that come with the freedom is perception and, and awareness. I feel like my awareness has become to a level. It's like, you just kind of see what reality is. And that could be the shaman in me. That could be that deeper kind of study of, of the Eastern philosophy, but actually seeing like what actually is going on in the world within myself. Like you get, it's so underrated that when you start searching and start like searching the depths of yourself, that the world becomes clear in a way. Um, and the, the perception just changes. Like there's no, it's, and it's not like a, a gigantic shift that happens one day. It's almost just like it, it happens over a period of time doing the work and you don't even realize it until you look back. Like I have a journal. I was looking at what I was saying like two years ago. I was like, holy shit, like this is crazy. And I think that's the best part of this whole spiritual world of personal development. It's like we all have this overarching, overarching arc for good, but how you get there is kind of your journey. It's like, I like, I'm a big meditator. And I would say I like the mysticism of the spirituality of the Eastern philosophy books and Tibetan Buddhism. That more, that's what gets me going. Personal development. I think that that's where people put their foot in the, in the thing and realize like, I wanted to add things to me. because I wanted to be fearless and be like this guy. And now I'm just like, I just want to be peaceful and have harmony. And it's like, it's just funny how, you know, you think you want that. And then as you evolve, it changes kind of that star that you're searching for. You know what I'm saying? Oh, totally. And I think that you explained that very well. And I would totally agree with that. Just the aspect of freedom and what that really means is that you do just get this, this more clear perspective of your yourself and your life and everybody in it. And I have found recently that it's been this amazing experience of realizing that I care so much less about how the world around me perceives me the deeper I get into my own spiritual journey uh, because you're starting to just really build up this solid foundation within yourself and using your spiritual practices or whatever it is that you use to like center yourself allows you to get this like bird's eye view of yourself and your life. And then you all, like you said, like it's everything becomes different and you realize like, Oh, so much stuff that used to stress me out or the things I would worry about or it just doesn't even matter. Like it actually doesn't matter. And I think you just get this, this new awareness was a really good term for it. It's, it's a shift in your awareness and a shift in your perspective. Yeah. When I'm talking to these young guys, I try to use football as the analogy. Like imagine being a quarterback that you could see everything. That's what, that's what it feels like. It's not only with spirituality. It's like with business, with 
friends. Like you get to see and maximize your opportunities that you would otherwise just be kind of pigeonholed. And, and for me, it's, there's something about, I've been trying to understand the way people look at the world and like under, I, it helps you understand other people better. Cause some people look at the world from a physical standpoint. Some people look at it from an economical standpoint. Some people look at it from a psychological standpoint, and it's just easier to kind of relate to people. Now, now you brought up an interesting thing with the worrying about what people um, see you as or whatever. Was that a big issue for you? And mm-hmm. how, what kind of work did you do to get through that? Cause that's still something I would say it's still an issue with the, for me, letting go of this identity of being the financier, Scott, and having this job with money and putting on the suit and like all that nonsense has been like a struggle for me. There's like that, the podcaster, Scott, and then there's the, that kind of day job, Scott, like, how did you deal with that whole thing? Yeah, I would say it has looking back, if I'm being honest, it's been a huge issue for me from like my early teens on. And I think I'm just starting to understand why it was such a big issue for me. And it's because I think actually there's people in my life or people have known me who would be surprised to know that I've cared what other people think, because I don't think I put that off. Um, I'm a very confident person. I'm a very independent thinker and I always have been. Uh, But I think ever since I started doing the things that I do now, like the podcast and I'm doing a lot of writing and I'm just kind of putting my truest self out there in a way that I have never done prior that I'm, I'm just starting to realize like, okay, I think I was so scared about how people were going to perceive me because this is who I wanted to be. This is who I wanted. I wanted to be more vocal about, uh, you know, personal growth or spirituality. I wanted to be more vocal about how can we focus on doing good things? How can we talk about making an impact in the world? Right. And I was just so concerned with how I would be perceived because most people around me weren't talking about those kind of things. And so that was a really deep struggle for me. But I will say that once I started to take, it started with Be The Good, my first podcast. So I'm now three years into that. Actually, I shouldn't say that. It started with my nonprofit. So I started my nonprofit about 10 years ago after my mom died. And we create documentary videos to raise awareness for the disease she died from. It's called scleroderma and the nonprofit's called Project Scleroderma. And I had to start putting myself out there for that because I was in our first documentary. And then I became like the face of this organization. And I was asked to speak in a lot of like on a lot of big stages um, globally. I I was asked to go places and I, I had to start to get comfortable with putting myself out there. Right. And just like really speaking from this authentic space. And that that was tricky. But then once I started to be the good a few years ago, that was the first time I really was like, I'm going to be like a hundred percent me. Right. Um, and that when I felt what that felt like to really put myself out there and talk about whatever I wanted to talk about, um, that's when I started to realize just the value in showing up more authentically as yourself. Um, as you said, like I had that same identity issue of like, you were saying like, I'm Scott who wears the suit during the day. And then I'm Scott, the podcaster mm. uh, at other times. And for me, I was a hairstylist from like 15 to 30. Then my mom died. And I somewhere around like 25, 26 started this nonprofit and was still doing hair and had built a really successful hair career as a, as a stylist. Um, but then decided, okay, I think I want to go closer to this, this nonprofit space. Cause that's what I really feel. But having to explain to people like, oh, so you don't do hair anymore. Now you're this. 
and it would give me so much anxiety because I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm a director, I'm a producer. I, like, I guess that's what I am, <laughs> you know? And then moving into the podcast world, like then I have to start saying I'm a podcaster and I'm, you know, so it's tough. Cause I think like society wants us to pick a lane and stay in it. And that was the trickiest part for me. Cause that's just not my personality. If I'm being my most authentic self, my, I am have a bunch of different hats on. And I love that about myself. And I love that about like where I've landed now is that like, I'm a mom and I'm an entrepreneur and no, I can't really give you a one word answer for like what I do. Um, you know, and so it, it is, it's tricky to, because we feel like we need to define ourselves in such a specific way, but I have found more freedom personally, but I shying away from that and not, not feeling like the pressure to have to say, this is who I am. And so now I don't really, I don't worry so much about what everybody else thinks because I have learned how to truly accept who I am, what I'm about. And it's all right. If everybody else doesn't get that, you know, if what I do juggling all these balls in the air, looks like nonsense to anybody else. Like that's all right. <laughs> Cause I'm enjoying it. Christy, you're just, uh, yeah, you're like hitting everything I'm dealing with right now. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> 10 years behind you in, in the situation. Cause imagine like the tough kid from Brooklyn, Italian doing the whole thing. This is the issue I'm having. And um, cause I know what you're talking about with the, the hairstyles. Cause I built this company six years ago. It was like, well, you, Christy, you built the, the, the successful hair. Now you should have stopped doing that. What are you yeah. stupid? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's the fun part. It's like building, but then there's something about the restart of starting from like zero and just like, can you actually, and I guess what the podcast is really what gets me because the, if you took like values of what, like what feels so good to me, right? I would say the hedonist side is like getting the bottles and making out with a girl. But like this conversation is just above that. It's like even better because it's like this is what makes me happy. And then when you have the emails and like have all these people reach out to you, like being able to truly like just not like we're making gigantic, but like a little drop in, in, a, in, a, in a pond. If each of us do that, then all of a sudden we're going to need help. And I think it's clearer than ever, especially this week for everybody listening. It's the last week in May. Shootings galore this week. I was um, I don't know if you heard in Philly about the shooting in, in New York that happened about six weeks ago, there was a shooter on the train. He killed six oh, yes. or seven people. I was on that Dude. train. So I was oh there. My God. I wasn't, I wasn't in it. I was all the way in the back, but like, it just puts everything into perspective. Like it's, and I see people talking about gun law, nothing to do with gun law. It, it's, it's about the mind and what's going through people's like heads to even get themselves to do it. And a lot of it's mental health. And I know they turned in New York, at least a lot of the mental health places into COVID places. And there's a lot of nonsense there, but there's clearly something going on. And I was looking at the numbers of the shootings in the last five years, there's like 188 school shootings in New York. And the second most country is England with eight. So it, it's clearly something going on in America. Um, oh, yeah. And that just, it just scares me. Not like, I, I can only imagine how you feel like with the kids, but like, just for what is what is going on? And like, what are we doing? And, and I really strongly believe that whatever the work we do, call it personal development, call it spirituality, call it authenticity. Like we need to all do this together. I, I don't yes. think there's going to be like a Joe Rogan, like we have the Jay Shetty and all that, but it's all of us going together and just like dropping these little pebbles together to make like a wave that people could wake up and go, well, yeah, maybe you need to, to get off the phone for a little bit and not just go right to it and text and emails and, you know, maybe turn off social media at night for, from a certain time, because um, there's a lot of angst and I don't know what it's like in Philly. I'm sure it's the same thing, but in New York, it's like, it just feels dangerous and it feels weird. And not that I'm nervous to go on a train now, but like now you have to keep your head up on the train and, you know, keep your eyes open. And 
all that I think stuff. you're absolutely right that it's like, it's like this growing energy and not in a good way in, in terms of that kind of stuff. And that absolutely something needs to be done. And I, yeah, I can't even tell you speaking from a mother's perspective, what this week has been like saying goodbye to my kids and putting them on the school bus and dropping my little guy off at preschool. Like a mom leaves that situation and cries her way home thinking, I have no idea if something like that's going to happen to my kid. And it's awful. It's just something definitely has to change. But in terms of like us collectively, I think you're, you're absolutely right that, and that is exactly why I started Be The Good. Cause at that time we were just in like the, the, uh, you know, the highest points of division, I feel like politically, mm-hmm. um, it, I don't think it's gotten a lot better, but you know, it was at the point when things were really starting to ramp up is when I started that podcast. And I am not someone who likes to dive into politics that much at all, but I just felt like, what can I do to put, like you said, my little drop in the bucket. If I put my attention on the good and I, you know, try to call other people's attention to the good, then I feel like I'm doing something right. Because you can start to feel so helpless in these times, Uh, you know, whether it be the political divide or whether it be like all these insane, violent things that are going on. um, You're absolutely right. I think it's, it's all about us choosing to do something, not just sit there and feel like it's too much. Nothing's ever going to get better. This is awful. And we just have to deal with it. No, I think that each of us has to choose some way to put your drop in the bucket so that absolutely, like you said, that wave can start to happen because we do have these great leaders, right? Like Jay Shetty or, uh, and I love him and I love his podcast. Um, People that are, I mean, he inspires me, right? He inspires you, which is awesome. But then you and I have to do something to inspire our audiences in hopes that they do something that will inspire other people around them. And that's how we shift the energy of our entire society, I think. And that's where I find comfort in these crazy times is knowing that I'm doing my part. You know, I know that nothing that I do individually is necessarily going to make a significant like earthquake of a impact. But if I do my, if I take care of my little piece and I inspire other people to jump on board and do their piece, then that's when we really can make a monumental shift. Yeah. And I think there's something about like the conditioned mindset of people that are are not even, they're not even aware of what we're talking about, right? There's people just walking around and I would say there's two people that I've met in life. They're the people who kind of dance through life, try to be positive. And I would say, call them glass half full. And then there's the people who are glass half empty that are more like, you know, those people just a little, a little stuck in their, in their ways. And it's fine to be that way. But when that negativity starts turning into almost a nihilism, because I'm trying to put my mind in, I've been trying this week to understand, like, how are you an 18 year old kid? going in like what is the what are you thinking and mm-hmm. I, I i think they're thinking the exact opposite of everything you're saying of nothing matters and yes. and that that is the beginning of something that that terrifies me because i'm so surprised at how much of a help it is to these young all the young guys listen thank you and all, all that stuff you know i love you but like how how like easy it is to help a, a little like a young man who just needs a pat on the back or something for me i guess they connect with me more that's who i seem to help a little bit better but like it's just so surprising to me and even i go through but my you know i think that's why i want to do all this stuff because i never really had that pat on the back my mother was more old school like you know per- per- perfection is the key and if you're not perfect it doesn't matter and i think we have to kind of let this black and white thinking is 
in politics, in the world, and you need a hundred. No, if you get 90, that's great. Like, if you get, like we have to just loosen up on this. And I think social media and the news, like they've been taking advantage of this for the, the clicks and it's not working. Like this mm-hmm. whole situation does not get us where we need to be as the most powerful country, the best country. Cause I think from a political standpoint, we're a joke from an education, just education standpoint, like we were top 15, can't be top 15. Like it's not that hard. This stuff starts with educating people. And I don't know how you, how you feel about the education because you have the kids, but um, I hope that they're teaching them the, the stuff they should be learning. At least I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I weigh heavy, I weigh less, less heavy on grades and more heavy on exactly what we're talking about actually. And my kids are little, they're eight, seven, and four, but I have some pretty like deep conversations, especially with like my eight and seven year old, where I think that's what's going to make the difference in our culture moving forward is if, and this is a really important point I want to make because I talk about this a lot um, with our wisdom more conversations, Krista and I, listen, what her and I were talking about was so woo woo and like left field 10 years ago that we couldn't even have these conversations. And I'm really excited that now people are seeking me out to have these conversations and they're like, don't think it's weird. So in that way, I think we're headed in the right direction. But as far as my kids, I say, if you as the adult aren't doing your own work on yourself, um, you know, or aren't tuned into like, how can I be a better person and make the world a better place? Then your kids are, are missing that. You know, and but if you do it, then I lead by example to my kids. So I I want them to see that I am doing something in the world in, in some or many ways that's making an impact in the lives of other people in a good way. And then I d- jump into these conversations with them about why that matters and why does it like my my son had said to me one day, like, why do I always have to be the nice guy? You know, like, cause I'm always driving into his head, like, be kind. Like, I don't care what that person said. Like you be the bigger person and you be, you be nice. You be kind, whatever. Not like, don't let people walk all over you by any means. But, um, and I said, because it really matters. I know you're not going to get that right now, but it does really matter that you be true to yourself, but be a good person, treat people well, um, do go out of your way to do something for somebody that might make their day better. You know, even if it's like the slightest little thing. But so I think it's it's that example. It's setting the example. And even if you're not a parent, like setting the example for your peers. I think that in many ways, it was so scary to me to step in to be the good and put myself out there like all this because I thought my peers are going to be like laughing at me. Um, but what I found was the opposite is that people were like yearning to have deeper conversations. Mm. People were yearning for a positive outlet and to hear stories about good stuff. And now what Chris and I are talking about was very scary for us to put that out there because we're like, we're the woo-woo weirdos. Like no one's going to want to hear what we have to talk about. And the opposite's happening. We have women coming to us saying like, I need this. I, I've been craving this kind of like deeper conversation and I couldn't find it anywhere else in my life. And so they tune into our podcast once a month and they're like, I feel like you're my friends. I feel like seen and heard and all. So I just think, and for you, like what you're doing with a younger generation of guys is incredible, especially for men, because it, you know, I think just oftentimes men are afraid to have conversations about anything that's opening up with your emotions or like spirituality or anything like that. But when you do that, they see that. And they're like, oh, okay, it's cool. It's normal. 
That's normalized. It's, it's crazy how many I, I would never think because usually when I started this, it was like a lot of women, like the typical most spiritual things are women. I was like, that's cool. Let's do that. And you start talking more about like I was just getting more authentic because I was like just being me and yes. trying to figure this whole thing out. And for me, being the I'm a I'm the right side thinker. I'm a I could do things and we could get. But that emotional side is tough for me. It's like. You know, I feel like I'm just starting to have feelings and all this stuff. So it's good to like, and, I, and there's, there's a mix of the emotional side, but also with, with men or even people in general, I want to say men, people just bearing responsibility. And I think our parents, at least my mom made it too easy on me. I'm a small brat. That was the way it was. And it's been like a, like a, it's, it wasn't firsthand nature for me to like be a hard worker and do, you know, do the extra, go, go the extra mile. And I think a lot, a lot of men in my family, and at least here, they you expect things to get handed to you. And it's like, you, you're handed nothing every day. You have to kind of wake up. And like, I, I look at every day as like, there's a clean slate and you have to earn it every day. For me, it's meditating, working out and then doing, you know, kind of giving with the, the best footprint that, um, that I could, you know? Yeah. And I think that that speaks really well too, to personal growth and authenticity. So Lots of people can sometimes just, you know, get caught in this loop of like everything negative happening in their life is somebody else's fault or anything that they're not happy with is because something didn't go their way or, you know, whatever. But if you can take accountability for yourself and and start to really dive, look inward instead of looking outward um, and take some responsibility for like the ways that you maybe need to grow or the ways that you maybe could shift your perspective, right? When you're able to do that, then like your entire life starts to shift. And so I think it's just so awesome that you're giving that example to anybody that's listening to you to say like, Hey, you know, this isn't easy for me and I'm working through it. And like the emotional stuff is still feels tricky. And, um, even just saying like, I can admit I was spoiled. I was, you know, I didn't have to take as much responsibility. Oh, I'm still spoiled. My mother's bringing me avocados as we speak. <laughs> this is, this is all I live in. This is the life. Awesome. Tell, stop. Awesome. I have to literally tell my mom, like, stop doing things for me because I don't I got it. I got I need to figure out how to, you know, how to do the laundry. Mom. But that's great because that's such self-awareness. And so you're speaking to that, you know, and you're speaking that into these other people that are listening to you, especially young males. Like, that's just so important for you to say, all right, I've recognized what's happening and now I'm going to do what I need to do to kind of like start to shift things. Exactly. But uh, yeah, cool. I, I've, I love talking about this kind of stuff. I could talk about it for mm. hours. <laughs> Christy, I just, uh, this has been such a nice, con- you, like they're always nice, but like, this was a good one. So just thank you Aww, so much, everybody. You. Of course, everybody on YouTube watching, lit the like, the live review, all of the nonsense you got to say, just keep listening and just, you know, listen to, uh, to Christy's podcast, be the good. I'm gonna put all the notes, um, below, uh, for everybody listening to us. Uh, actually Christy, this is the two year anniversary of causing the effect today. So <gasps> Thank oh you, my everybody. Gosh. Yes, you are the 200th episode, so this is a big deal. Oh, I'm so excited. So congratulations. congratulations to me. We'll celebrate a little bit. Um, Everybody who's just been, been with me this journey, thank you guys so much. From 300 people listening a month to 30,000, it's like, this is, I love this shit. So thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you, Christy. Um, That's it, everybody. So stay safe, stay positive, stay blessed. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.